0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: The Word of God ought to move in your life to produce a change, a kingdom-type change. And that change begins with what's known as grace. In the Hebrew, that word chesed, And God's grace brings about change so that your life can be a recipient of God's will. Now, not just receiving his promises, his blessings, but having demonstrated his will, having done those things, that you will be a recipient of the rewards, the recompense of God. And that's a wonderful thing to carry out God's purposes and be a recipient of God's promises. Well, look with me, if you would, to the book of Joshua and chapter 2. The book of Joshua and chapter 2. Now, we saw last week that there was a woman. She is called a harlot or a prostitute. But nevertheless, she, when she encountered God's revelation, she was Changed. She believed the testimony, the testimony of the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt, being brought through the Red Sea, being brought through the wilderness, the desert, and now on the other side of the Jordan River. She knew, and we talked about this, that the fear of the children of Israel had fallen like no other nation upon those in jericho those in the land of canaan they knew that the god the one true god as she puts it the god over heaven and over the earth that he was moving in the life of the children of israel and they had seen this but here's the difference those who who had not faith they were paralyzed by fear she heard this revelation, believed it, had faith, and she was moved to be brought into the covenant people. We talked about how, Rachaf, you can go to the first chapter in the new covenant in the book of Matthew and her name appears in the genealogy. She was someone who received the full measure of a member of God's covenant people, regardless that she was born a Gentile. There is a unity. There is an equality through faith. And this is a a big truth that we need to always remember that God is not a respecter of persons. Meaning he doesn't have favorites. He likes, he desires. He wants those who demonstrate his fear. And that's exactly what Rachav did well last week we concluded with verse 13 and she was making a petition and that petition was simply remember me remember the grace this chesed that i've demonstrated we all remember how she spoke to the king's servants probably military men and said oh they came but they've already departed that wasn't true They were still being hid underneath that that flax on her roof. And when she spoke to these soldiers, she sent them out in the wrong direction. She did not want to participate with the enemies of Israel, but she wanted to find those same blessing, that same, and here's the word, life that they had experienced. This redeeming life being brought out of Egypt and being part of the people of the land. She lived in the land, but was she going to continue in the land with the people of God? She is, and we're going to see why in a moment. Look, if you would, to verse 14. The book of Joshua, Sefer Yoshua, chapter 2 and verse 14. She says, preserve my family when you come back and here's their response the men said to her our soul in exchange for yours for death meaning this she's concerned that the children of israel are coming she believes with all her heart that god has given the land to the children of israel and that death is going to visit the people of Jericho, the Canaanites, all those nations that are there because they would not submit. They did not want to participate and acknowledge God's will. So she's saying, I don't want to die and I don't want to see my family be put to death. And what these men say is we'll die in exchange for you. Meaning this, if we don't keep our words, if you're not delivered, then If we lie, may our lives be taken from us. So this is the promise that that they're making. Look at the second part. There's a condition. It says, Since you, and it's plural, not just meaning Rachav but all of her family. Since you will not declare this matter of ours. Meaning that they came why they came, that they're going to go back, what the objective is, she and all of her family have to remain silent about that. If so, then they are agreeing that they will not be put to death when they come, and here's the key, to take possession of the land of Israel. Let me say that a different way. To take possession of the promises of God. Now, the second part verse 14 where it says and it shall be that when the lord gives to us the land they have faith too it shall be when the lord gives to us the land and we will do with you chesed than that grace and truth now it's important that we see these two words together one aspect one of the reasons according to some that we see grace and truth is because God's grace produces truth. If God's grace is in you, we can say it this way. Since God's grace is in you, you are going to want to demonstrate his truth. That's the message here. And this is what they're saying. We will make with you grace. And that's going to produce truth. What's the truth that the promise is going to be fulfilled. God's going to keep his promise to the children of Israel and they're going to keep it to this woman and to her family. Verse 15. And she lowered them with a rope through the window. Why? Because her house is in a wall The wall, meaning the city walls. Now, we need to unravel this a little bit because there's two words that that probably are translated the same way. They have the same meaning in English from a definition, but not in practice. And what do I mean by that? Well, the two words in question here are the words kir and choma. Kir is a wall. A wall within a structure. You live in a house, in an apartment, obviously. You have rooms, and these rooms are made because of walls. Now, that is a, a smaller separation. But there's a different word. That's the word kir. But there's also the word "khoma." Khoma is translated with the word wall, but we're speaking about a very different type of wall. The walls that surround a city much larger, much stronger. And we know later on, there's going to be a big emphasis upon the walls of Jericho, not the walls of people's homes and such, but the city walls. Now, what we find here is that her house was in the wall, that is the city walls. Now, in a moment, I'm not speaking about this lesson, but later on, we're going to see that the children of Israel, out of obedience to the word of God, responding according to the truth of his revelation, the walls of the city are going to be made dust. But there's one part of those city walls that are not going to come down, and that's where her family lives. God is going to supernaturally preserve that. Let me say it a different way. He is going to do what she asks, and that is... That, that God would make life for her. That's what she wants. That's what we saw in, in verse 13, our last verse last week. And they are affirming this. And we'll see that in the future. But look again at our verse, verse 15. And she lowered them with a rope through the window. For her house, the wall, Her wall was in the wall of the city. It was in the wall, meaning the city walls, that she was dwelling. Now, notice I've said before, usually, and let's have a brief Hebrew lesson. When you talk about tense in Hebrew, the Hebrew language, biblical Hebrew, there's an emphasis on on the future and the past, what some will call call the perfect and the imperfect but as i said it has nothing to do with those same terms as they relate to the greek language very different in meaning and there's something known as the present tense here again those who call the past and the future by perfect and imperfect they will call the present by the term a participle all these terms are not important what's important that you recognize them and i've shared many 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 times Whenever the participle in Hebrew or the present tense, as I call it, appears, there's an emphasis. Now, it's infrequent, but when it appears, there is great significance. And what it says here is that she dwells, it's in that present or in that participle form, depending upon what term you want to use. For, for she dwells in the wall, the city wall, in other words, verse 16. And she said to them, To the mountain. Now it's probably a reference to the mountain region. So we might translate it to the mountains. Go. Now some have pointed out that she says to the mountain for a reason. Because the mountain is a place of deliverance. And that's why Jerusalem, which is a mountain, it's elevated. It also is a place of deliverance. Now, we know something. If you follow some of the Hasidic rendering, they're in Jericho. Now, if you go west, you come to Jerusalem, that sacred mountain. We're going to see that the pursuers, those that were from the men of Jericho, that army, they're going to go towards the east. They're going to go towards the Jordan River. But she tells them, and this is very informative, she says, go to, if we take it literally, go to the mountain. And as I said, there are some that say, she says, go to Jerusalem to show us that this is a place of deliverance. This is a place of life. This is where God works his His work of protection. Look again, verse 16. And she said to them, to the mountain go less the ones who are pursuing you that they shall strike now this is a word and it's a word lifgoa it can mean to meet it can mean to hurt to harm it can be a word of attack so she says you here's the message go to the mountain and if you don't go there what's going to happen The pursuer is going to strike at you. They're going to wound you. You are going to be hurt. And then it says at the end of of verse 16, she goes on. And notice she's giving all of this revelation. She is giving instruction to them. She says, and you shall hide there for how long? For three days. Now, three numbers are important in the scripture. You've heard me say, I'm sure, many, many times, three is the number for revealing something. And after three days, what's going to happen? It's going to be revealed to the pursuers. These men aren't around this area. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And they're going to return back to Jericho. So that's why we see that they are supposed to hide there for three days until again the pursuers what do they do until they return afterwards you go your way meaning you go back to the camp you go back to yeshua you go back to the children of israel verse 17. and the men said unto her now they're going to give some additional information her request was That her and her family are, are made alive. That when the people come to possess the land, that they're not put to death with all the rest of the ones from Jericho. And this is what they say in response to that. Again, verse 17. The men say to her, We are clean from your oath. Meaning the oath that you wanted us to take this oath. Of yours which we have sworn now what's going to make them in other words not obligated well here's what they say verse 18 and here again all of this has great significance we need to read and study every aspect of Scripture because there's a lot of surprising things that are there in the original language the words the vocabulary that, that manifests itself. And the grammatical construction, all of this is a source of revelation. It needs to be dealt with carefully, dealt with prayerfully, in order that we might see the message that God has for us in his word. Verse 18. Behold, very significant word. Behold, we are coming into the land. Now, it doesn't say we're coming to the land. They say we are coming into it. What's the implication? We're coming into it to take possession of it. God's will is going to be fulfilled soon. And he says, they are speaking to the woman, et tikvat chut. Now, the word here, you probably know that they're supposed to tie, or she's supposed to tie something as a sign. And we might call it a a scarlet or crimson cord. Now, it's the word chut. But what's interesting is that there is an additional word that appears. And this is the word tikva. Now, if you go for example and you look at uh, Bible Hub and you go to this word and you click it it will say in the general definitions from strong, that it means a cord. Now, if you scroll down, it will tell you, well, there's an alternative meaning. And that is a word hope. May I tell you that, that the vast majority of the time, this word Tikva means hope. So they're talking about a cord of hope, a, a thread of hope now what she is requesting is a promise a sign she wants an oath take an oath that when you come back you're not going to allow my family to be put to death and they're saying we agree to that but you cannot reveal our our matter to anyone you and your family must remain quiet about this and furthermore, we need a sign. There is something visual. And what is that? Look again at verse 18. Et tikvat chut ha shani hazeh. That you tie this cord of hope. What type of cord? A cord of crimson or scarlet hope. A cord of, of scarlet. But we have that word hope. That you tied in the window, which you have lowered us through. So they're going to go down in a rope and, and exit the walls and go to the mountain. They're going to be there three days. But when they come back with the children of Israel, she is supposed to tie. Look at the middle of verse 18. Tickshari bachalon. Tie in the window in which you let us down through it. And if so, they're saying, your father, your mother, your brothers, and all the house of your father. You gather where? Gather towards this house. Now, I hope you see something very similar. Now, they want to see crimson or scarlet, however you translate that, Shani, i would translate it as scarlet it is the color of blood red is not blood red is darker than that and therefore they want to see a sign of blood upon the house now it says through the window because this was the act they lowered they were lowered through that window and they went to the mountain as the hasidic say jerusalem to be there for three days now this was a difficult journey all up here much quicker and if they were fearful they would want to run as fast as they could and cross that jordan river and get back in the camp but they didn't through her they heard revelation and in order for this family Not to be destroyed. She needed to do that. Just tie a scarlet thread of hope. That's the key word. Tikva. It's there. Tie this scarlet thread of hope in this window. The same window that we were lowered down. And notice, if so. And the third thing is this. They couldn't tell anyone. They had to tie this, this scrimson thread of hope. In the window and what was the next thing she was told you gather all your father's household there and the implication is and we'll see it in a moment you cannot depart now the reason why i'm emphasizing this is that there's a passover connection what is that well we know it passover the family that kept the passover was not supposed to go out of that house and this is the same thing that these men are telling her No one, will see that in a moment, no one should depart. You gather them all into the house. Verse 19. And it will be all who go out, anyone who goes out from the doors of your house, the one outside, his blood is upon his head. And we, are clean meaning we're not obligated of this oath but everyone who will be with you in the house the implication is if anything should happen to them then his blood shall be upon our our heads if the hand meaning if something is against let this hand be against him meaning We're going to see that the very power of God is going to preserve everyone that's in that house. If someone does not stay there, what's happened? His blood is upon his head. But if someone's in that house, it says, then his blood, if something should happen, would be on our hand. Let that hand be against against this one. Now look at verse 20. And if you, making it singular, if you declare our matter, this our matter, then we will be clean from your oath, that oath that you wanted us to take, which we have have taken, that we have taken the oath. And she says, verse 21, as your words, thus it is, meaning it's an idiom for I agree with you. All these terms, I'm willing to agree. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to bring all my family into the house. They're going to remain there the entire night. And I'm going to tie that scarlet thread or cord of hope in the very window that I lowered you down. Now, why is that? Well, she said these things, but she also did something. She put her faith into action by lowering these men down through this window so that they could go to the mountain. So all of this, look again at verse 21. And she said, as your words, thus it is. And she sent them and they went. And the implication is because of the conjunction immediately after they went she tied and we see something scarlet hope in the window now if your bible says a scarlet thread and translates it identically to the way it was done before it is not paying attention it is a careless translation because we have the word tikvat hut. Tikvat chut is a a thread of hope. But here, when we come to our verse now, verse 21, the word chut for thread or cord is not there. What's there is the word hope. The word for thread or cord fell away. It was not repeated. Why? Because what is being repeated is this word hope. When we put faith into action, what's emphasized is hope. The hope that comes through, and this word shani, scarlet, is related, related to redemption. So it's the hope of redemption. That's what, in the original language, is being emphasized in this passage. So she, she tied this, this scarlet hope, in the window verse 22 and they went and they came the mountain now we would expect there to be a a preposition but it's not it needs to be there but it's not why all of this is a literary strategy it's grammatical in nature to emphasize the mountain and here's what it is doing in the same way that the word khut disappeared in verse 21 now we see that the the preposition also disappears it's not there why in both cases it's for the purpose of emphasizing emphasizing this this mountain this is what the scripture is is doing in fact Earlier it says hahar meaning the mountain and then we have a, a additional letter. Ha hara, which means to the mountain. You go. Now the the preposition is is seen in this additional hey, which means towards. But when we come here in, in the verse that we're looking at, we see something different. It says, they went and they came. And it says, towards the mountain. Now, the implication is, they were there. And we read on, and it says, and they dwelt there three days. They dwelt there those three days until the ones who were pursuing, they returned. They went back to the city. And we read, Concerning those who were pursuing in every way, and all the way possible, they were, were searching. That's the implication, but they did not find. So they went, as the lady said. And what's interesting is this. Everyone did what the lady said, what Rahav revealed. But the ones who she spoke truth to, They found that redemption, they found that deliverance. They found that the enemy had no authority. The enemy. What happens? The enemy believed a lie, and that's what is connected to the enemy. Deceit lies. And in the same way, in the same way that that in the end, when I say in the end, the last days in second Thessalonians chapter two, There is a very significant verse, verse 11. And it's usually misunderstood. It says, and God will send strong delusion. doesn't say that. It says, God will send with the working of deception. That's what it literally says. You check it out. With the working of deception. Now, what we should do is to ask, what causes deception to work? It tells us in that same verse. Because they did not believe truth. Now, here's what we find. In this world, there is truth and there is lie. We need to understand where the truth comes from. And the truth is always related to the will of God. And those who are not, not committed to the will of God, not committed to the revelation of God, they're going to find themselves being deceived by falsehood. This is the principle that we talked about last week and we're finding that although they searched every way they did not find verse 23 the two men they returned they went down from the mountain this is the third time that the mountain is emphasized they went down from the mountain and they pass Meaning they traveled, they went through, and they came to Yahushua, the son of Nun, Joshua, the son of Nun. And what did they do? They recounted, recounted, excuse me, they recounted all the things that had happened. But notice what it says Vais Sapru, and they told to him all, all that found them, meaning all that they found, all that they experienced, all that fell upon them, all this happening. Verse 24. And they said to Joshua, for, now notice, when Joshua went out with those other 11 spies, only him and Kalev, oftentimes in English, Caleb, Only they saw the hand of God. The other ten spies did not. But this time, Joshua, sending out just two. What happens? They came back. They saw God's faithfulness. They saw God's provision. They saw God at work in their life. Why? They were obedient. They knew how to submit. They submitted to Joshua. They submitted to Rahav and they were alive to tell about the faithfulness of god verse 24 and they said to yahshua for the lord has given now it's not that he will give but he's already done it they're convinced with god god's not limited to time the name of god here is yud-he-vav-he. The God who transcends time. They said to Joshua, For the Lord has given into our hands all, it's emphasized, all the land. And also, now this is what happens. These two spies, they come back fired up. They were encouraged. They were growing in their faith they said not that god will god's already done it you can be assured in other words it's a done deal in their mind but notice what happens to people who do not give god the priority these people they knew they heard the testimony they knew all of this was true but they weren't going to respond to it they rejected they did not obey god's revelation and what happens Vegam namugo Mogo. What's that? Literally namogo, which is they were faint. It's a word of weakness. Now see the difference. These two spies they were strong in their faith, but these two were weak. They were fainted, meaning these people of Jericho were weak. They they fainted in in their strength. Who did that? All the inhabitants of the land not just the people of jericho notice it went beyond that all the inhabitants of the land what land the promised land the land that god promised to the children of israel read it again last part of verse 24 and we'll wrap up and all the inhabitants of the land they were weak they fainted they became weak why before us why because they were in a covenant relationship it was the fear of the children of israel that had fallen because of this relationship with the god of israel so a wonderful passage that teaches us about how to have a hope a hope that is growing a hope that is powerful a hope that that is assured of taking possession of the promises of God. I'll close with that. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch.